The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. And once again, broadcasting from the Radio Wave studio at Caritas, Alabama, this is Medjinomics. Today we will be hearing from a friend of Medjugorje sharing his experience of how God purifies and perfects us in our daily walk of conversion. This is an excerpt from an encounter with a friend of Medjugorje back in 2016, October the 31st, as he's sharing this with a BVM Caritas pilgrimage group. And so this talk is very live and very ambient. And a friend of Medjugorje begins by playing a song, and we will go directly into that, and a friend of Medjugorje will follow. And so October the 31st, 2016, we begin this encounter with a friend of Medjugorje. May not have that much, but I don't mind spreading it around. Everybody chasing something, I don't know why they're running. I take my time to the finish line, cause we all end up with nothing. I don't know why, no why, everybody wanna die rich. Diamonds, champagne, work your way down that list. 
everybody tries, tries to feed it into that ditch. You can't take it with you when you go. I've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch. I've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch. Cards. It felt so good by the afternoon I gave some guy my car It ain't about what you're driving Or about the gold you're piling The less I have to worry about The more time I got for smiling I don't know why, no why Everybody wanna die rich Champagne, new plane Work your way down that list We try, everybody try Tries to feed it into that ditch You can't take it with you when you go Never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch Never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch Everybody wanna die rich Diamonds, champagne, newest to the new planes Work your way down that list And we try, everybody tries, tries to fit it into that ditch You can't take it with you when you go Never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch Never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch I told him, I said, why don't you quit what you're doing and put your business talent to spread the Medjugorje throughout the whole world. And obviously, you can do that. But a lot of people were rich. They just wanted to plant food. They were willing to just give it away, but they want to stay in the business. He loved making money. One year later, he was killed in a private jet. He had two private jets. Him along with eight other people. And you see this in life. People want to go through what they do and keep on to what they have without realizing that if they like to make money if they enjoy that because it comes to a certain point where you don't need it anymore and it's just the intensity of making that that those same people should be the first people to realize the riches in heaven that you get that if you like riches this is what you really want all the glory he could have had and he could walk away from him and spend the last year of his life in building eternal wealth is what we have gold is. We know Domino's Pizza, what's his name? Domino's I met with him several years ago. And of course, he was worth over a billion dollars. This other guy, 500 million eighties, is several billion dollars now. And today's money. His plan is to die poor. He wants to be able to have all his money gone the day he dies. What, what good is that? So you're going to stay rich to that day? 
So it's the thing what you do along the way. It's not just, okay, I'm, I'm going to give all this away after I did. Well, you've enjoyed everything and had it all recovered to that point. There's nothing wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong with keeping it. So I'm not even advocating that because God's given it, but how do you use it? Your wealth may be your talent. Your wealth may be uh, your charisms or whatever you do. After two years of coming to Georgia, being in business, I wasn't nothing like that kind of wealth, but I was comfortable. And I was telling God, I do anything you want. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Just show me your will. And I prayed and prayed and prayed for this. And one day we had a big confrontation. And it wasn't pleasant. It was one of the worst parts of my life out in the church. It was like an hour and a half struggle. And God was saying, when you give up your business. Well, my business was funding Caritas. My wealth I was using for promoting the messages. And God would come back to me and say, will you give it up? And I said, yes, God, I'll do this. But I'm going to be funding Caritas. And I can do this and do this and do this. Will you give it up? And this just kept haunting me over and over and over. And I knew I wouldn't go to hell if I said no. I knew that I wouldn't be turning against him in any way that my free will and my free choice of what I was coursing after I was going to spread in Georgia. But it kept haunting me. It was was very real confrontation. And so God comes back over and over and over. You said for years you give this up, you do this. I said, I I did say that, God, but not that. (laughs) So it really was a lie of truth on me and I was dishonest with myself. And God didn't want my money. God didn't want my plan. He wanted my talent and what I was doing in business and what I built up to do the same thing for the mission. And so the struggle of come up with some of the things I was saying, okay, I'll do this. And I knew I had either 100% yes or 100% no. And so in the struggle, I said, well, I'll hire managers because I built this for my children. Will you give it up? Over and over and over. And finally, I said at the end, yes, I'll do this, but this may be Satan, and you got to make it happen, because I'm not going to do nothing to make this happen. So there was no ambition to do that, and God looked it all out. The hardest thing I did was saying yes. Everything else was easy. I never regretted it. So God's yes is much more difficult than you think it can be, because I was saying yes all along for two years, and then when he really put it to me, I thought, yes, but. Yeah. So I had conditions. And I know I had to give God a yes without any conditions, without any strings attached. And most often, the way it is, is your yes is the most difficult thing. Because it's easy to say yes to God to different things, but are you going to really wholly give yourself and everything and just abandon everything? We didn't know where we'd go from this point. I walked in the kitchen, I told my wife, and we built this business. We went to Missouri, Rome, and Portugal, and places like that. We built our house. We were out of debt. We were very comfortable, and our life was set up, and we were building wealth. And I walked into the kitchen. I said, I'm closing the business down. And her look was just like, she knew how much I loved the business. I could lay in bed past 430. I wanted to get out with my crews and stuff. And she just said one thing. She said, you're crazy. <laughs> and it is crazy. What God asks you to do is crazy. But we hear a song like this, and what we're going to do, and what we're going to take with us, if you really like your wealth, or you really like the comfort, you've got to get uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. I was weeping. 
And it was torture. And it wasn't a pleasant encounter with God, but it was a real encounter with God. Doesn't matter to me if Frank believes that or not. I don't care. I know that I was put to the test of something I didn't expect. And he said, yeah, God, I'll do this, I'll do that. We walk with God with our ladies is a real thing. That our ladies really looking for serious commitment. Not 99% commitment. Complete commitment. And you can't get there. It took me two years to get there. And I thought I was there. I thought I'd do anything for God. And until I gave up everything, that's when I really did that. And that's when God can use you. Going back to yesterday's message about what I mean, was saying about the four things we talked about, which was to make you an apostle. This message goes with it. Our lady says on December 2nd, 2015, Now the church is suffering and needs apostles. Just this phrase is an incredible statement. It tells us why our lady's coming here. She's not saying and she's not coming because everything's okay. The fact that she's coming is not okay. And when the Holy Virgin Mary comes to the earth and says the church is suffering and needs apostles, is a contradiction because our bishops are the apostles. That's some of the problems in Medjugorje. Because they're left out of the loop in a lot of ways. You say, how can that? We've got to obey our bishops. It's true. I mean, you never said to betray that. doesn't mean it's right. doesn't mean it's healthy. We're in crisis in the church. The most powerful people in just America itself, the United States and other places, but in the United States, speaking in the context of this, is not the president, not Congress, it's the bishops. You can't tell me when they put a bronze statue of Satan with two kids looking up lovingly to the statue of the devil, honoring him in Oklahoma, that the bishop there cannot call out and say, I want everybody in this diocese to meet me there Saturday morning. We're going to get rid of this and we're going to purify Oklahoma, this diocese. You think 100,000 people show up? You bet they would. They sell power. They don't call upon the power they have. There's too much political correctness even in the church. I believe more, you've heard me say it on the radio, writings. I believe more in the bishop's power than they believe. They don't believe in their power. At the very least, they don't believe in the use of their power. And this is what it says. Now, not yesterday, not tomorrow, now the church is suffering and needs apostles who by love and unity, by witnessing and giving, show the way of God. So our lady says, we need apostles. What does that mean? It means when she came into the message, it says, you are my apostles. She ends the same message saying, my son has his. He's chosen. And so we have two groups right now. And that defines Louis de Montfort we talked about yesterday. You've heard me say many times that there would come a time when Mary would be made known as no other time in history. She would raise up apostles of the latter days and they would be purified as the children of Levi. You're sitting in the amphitheater of history the second only to when Christ came. And you have to understand and get your head around this, how big this is and what's happening in this village. Nothing else in your life is important. And if you don't 100% commit, you worry about how you're going to put your trailer hitch on your hearse and you really give everything to God, we're in glory. 
Ruth's mother said at the end of his saying, he longed for this moment. He prayed for it. He thought it would happen in his lifetime, just like St. Paul thought Jesus was coming back. In the scriptures it says this. Paul expected this. This being the case, then you need to be here thinking, well, am I fit? And you're not ready to answer that because in a lot of ways, if you're newbies to this or even been here a few times, you've got to increase your capacity to answer that call. But your call is to be an apostle. That apostleship is no less than the shepherds of the church. In fact, it's more important, right? Because the church is suffering. The church is in trouble. John Paul said, when a big meeting with the laity, the Dominicans and the Franciscans, he said the laity will renew the church and you Dominicans and Franciscans can help. And so we need the priests. We need the bishops. Because we need the sacraments. We can't do that. But what we can do is what they can't do. I speak to priests all the time, and they always say, I'm handcuffed. If they stop getting strong, they stop preaching what they need to teach, somebody comes down on them. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Our Lady's not here to come to condemn anybody. Our Lady's here to heal you, to make you mentally fit and healthy. Because sin leads to mental illness. I'm convinced of that. Unforgiveness, unforgiveness of yourself, not breaking, you become sicker and sicker. And that's the way it is. You see, the countenance is affected by the beauty of what your heart is. You can be ugly, you can be a beautiful person, but your heart brings out beauty in you. So our lady wants us to be beautiful. She said that. I'm beautiful because I love. So that's what our lady wants you to do. She wants you to attract people. If you get into the message, you will attract people. But the first thing you have to do is not convert other people. It's yourself. This whole place here is about one thing. It's a confrontation with self. If you're not willing to do that, if you're not going to be honest with yourself, what's running around right now for everybody, and I said, to be honest with you, I always say, so when are you not honest? You know, we are to be honest with ourselves first. And don't be going around saying, well, to be honest, you know, be honest all the time. We have to be first honest with ourselves. And that conversation is not pleasant because you see things you don't like. There's things that you do like that you don't want to change. Let's face it. Sin can be fun. The consequences of sin is not fun. So you wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't that way. So God gives that. And of course, some things are addictions and some things are like that. But our ladies coming here to clarify truth, to show you your jurisdiction, what you can do, what you can't do, and you challenge things. We know our materials bring people away from the gates of hell. We know it. We hear it every day. We've got 100 extensions at Caritas. You can't call nowhere and talk to another person. Yet when you call our phones, you're going to hear somebody live. We're there. And people come from all over the world. And the stories they tell us wherever. We do this because we know people are in such need and it's part of our mission. Your mission won't be doing that, giving people advice and giving material. But what you can do is work on your own soul and give this material that we've written about every subject there is, from money to the priest to the environment to presidential elections. I mean, there's something on every topic about why are they here and it's to change the direction of the world. And if you don't go through all these things, you're not going to change the world. So when a lady says, through love, Jesus is unity between heaven and earth. 
We've been praying for a long time, for two centuries, our Father. Thy kingdom come. The kingdom, our lady says, I want to establish the kingdom of love on the earth. We're coming to a Pentecost, so you're going to be part of it. A second Pentecost for the church. That's how big this is. Just like the first one. But there's got to be a lot of purification before that happens. And when it happens and you don't get involved and you're left behind, you're going to be deeply in grief. Uh, they said August 25th, 1997. Now you do not understand. But soon will come a time when you will lament for these messages. Do you want to go through all this and say, I'm not committed? I met a priest that we spent a whole week with. And then after the week, he tells us he's been in Missouri. We had no idea that. He never even volunteered that. I said, why didn't you tell us about this? He said, well, I'm not involved with it. I said, why is this? Because the was fasting. I don't want to fast. So he rejected Medjugorje because he didn't want to be convicted that he had to fast. Our lady says, you will lament for the messages. If we're going to lament for the messages, how much more so if we would have gone with our lady and walked with her in the time of grace when she was here. Now's invitation. Later won't be no invitation. You will either accept it or reject it. You have an invitation now that you can accept or reject it without long consequences. But those consequences will come when this is over. And so our lady says, My love seeks the love of all my children, and my children seek my love. Through love, Jesus seeks unity between heaven and earth between the Heavenly Father and you, my children. Therefore, it is necessary to pray much to pray and love the church to which you belong. Now the church is suffering and needs apostles who by love and unity, by witnessing and giving, show the ways to God. The church needs apostles who by living the Eucharist with the heart do great works and it needs you, my apostles of love. You're going to see huge conversions, huge conversions of Muslims. This is coming out of Jewry. And that's when you're going to wish, I wish I would have been an apostle. Because it's going to be a beautiful moment that you mended your life, your scars and what tortures you and what you're tempted with. If you can conquer those things and you can't conquer them yourself. You've got to say yes to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're my strength. I don't have the strength to do this. But I know the other thing is the right way to go. To walk that way. But if you fast, you do penance, you pray, God will give you the strength to conquer that. Not you. He'll give you His strength to conquer it. So with His strength you do it, you don't have the power to do it. Many people have addictions, they have temptations, they have all kinds of things. You can't fix that. And if you don't fix it, you're never going to be happy. You're always going to be in torment. Because deep down inside, you can cover it up, you can throw it up, you can lie to yourself, but in the end, you know what the truth is. And the truth is the Bible. The truth is the Ten Commandments. Describing Lady of Majoria, as far as she's coming to work, Maria says, I mean, he comes in a gray dress because that's the color of her servant. She didn't come here except to clean up the mess. And so she appealed to her son to give me the world. And of course, this has been prepared for for a long, long time. From Rudenbach, especially when she held the globe in her hand, which is there, and said, this represents the world, particularly France. Because France, of course, has been saved by St. Michael, sent by God through Joan of Arc. And that's 600 years ago. There's also 
prophecy, a prophetic story of a nation being saved just as today only comes to save the whole world. So at Rudebach, you come back several centuries later, he appears in Paris and says, this represents the world, particularly France. He ties it to Joan of Arc at that point. Because France was over. France would not exist. It was English territory. End of a hundred-year war. It was over. They were down to two square blocks. And there's this little 14-year-old girl gets trained for 15, the youngest commander-in-chief of anybody that's ever existed of a nation in the history of the world. And she's a woman. And not even a woman, a girl. And she does it in six weeks. She's a prefigment of the story of Our Lady. All these things are prophetic. Everything ties together. You go back 2,000 years, you see everything's happening. That's why this is Our Lady's time. This has been prepared when Jesus was on the cross, when He gave her to us. You're living something that we're not going to be able to live in another time. They can only copy your witness. And that's why Our Lady says, November 2nd, 2014, I am a mother who understands you. I lived your life and lived through your sufferings and joys. So what you suffer and joy, she lived in this life of that. She knew what was going to happen to her son. As a child, she knew this. But Magnificat talks about the future. She announces to Elizabeth. She knew the scriptures. You who are living the pain understand my pain and suffering because of those of my children who do not permit the light of my son to illuminate them. So the reason you're going to suffer, the reason you go through conversion, the reason you've got to go through the struggles is that you can illuminate those who do not permit the light of my son to illuminate them. They resist that. Those of my children who are living in darkness, they're still for children. That is why I need you you who have been illuminated by the light have comprehended the truth. And this is the big lie today. There's an attack on absolute truth, especially at the universities, especially about everything being taught today in the culture. Well, my truth is my relation. You've got an aunt, you've got an uncle, you've got a father, you've got a mother. That's your relative. And people today have truth as a relative. It's, it's relative truth. Relative truth is not absolute. Absolute truth is unchangeable. Absolute truth is the scriptures. Absolute truth is what the church teaches. Now we have out of the church some bad interpretations of absolute truth. And they're making it relative truth. You cannot live by relative truth. So you can't say, well, I believe that, you believe that. No, it's not a matter of opinion about that should not kill. That should not kill God's name of that. That should not kill the name of his wife. These are absolutes. And everything comes from these ten. The faithful and fidelity to God is a serious thing. And there's consequences in society that people wander off to fables. You who have been illuminated by the light and have comprehended the truth. She's here to give you truth. You want real truth in your life? You want to be happy? You can never be more happy, more content, more satisfied than if you're aligning yourself with God's will. Everybody has their own thing. I want to do this. I want to bend God's will. I'm going to do this for God. No. The most completeness you can have is to be doing the will of God. That's what you have to search for here. What is the will of God for me? 
what am I supposed to do? You want to be happy? You want to meet every challenge you have in your life? You can do that. Our Lady wants this of us. And so she said, I'm illuminating you to truth. Why? Because I am calling you to adore my son so that your souls may grow and reach true spirituality. She's going to be tough on you. We quoted yesterday, I will test you. And God's test is not pleasant. And it's not easy. And you don't have a cheat sheet. But with her, maybe so. You are hearing a friend of Medjugorje share his experience of how God works to purify and perfect one's life. The messages of Medjugorje are pointing the direction to truth for our day and age. In a time of relative truth, people search for absolutes, for that which does not change with each passing fashion or political wind. These broadcasts help to do that. With your prayers and financial support, you are a partner with us to reach every part of the world with absolute truth. To all our supporters, a friend of Medjugorje is extending an invitation for you to join us at Caritas, December 8th through 12th, 2019. The Five Days of Prayer in December is a unique event, praying for ourselves, our families, and our nation. Take this opportunity to see what your giving helps to support. Caritas is within two days' driving distance of anywhere in the continental U.S. Pray in the bedroom of apparitions, the field, and the cross on Penitentiary Mountain. Get a first-hand walk through the Tabernacle of Our Lady's Messages, the four-story Caritas Mother House, which is the largest single building dedicated to the Medjugorje Messages. Hear a friend of Medjugorje and share in selected prayer events each day. For more information, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, and click on December 8th through 12th. Or call Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. For those dialing outside the United States, dial 001-205-672-2000. Thank you, and we look forward to meeting you here in December. Now, we conclude today's broadcast. And so today we have heard from a friend of Medjugorje on October the 31st, 2016, speaking to a BVM Caritas pilgrimage group. And on the second of the month, which is coming up this Saturday, we will hear again from a friend of Medjugorje speaking to us from the Holy Village of Medjugorje. We thank you for all of your support and ask that you please continue to keep us in your daily prayers, in your daily masses, and with your monthly financial gifts. We encourage you to become a Caritas Field Angel for a recurring monthly contribution of just $5 a month. With your giving, you help us to reach every part of the world with Our Lady's messages and with absolute truth. You can go to medj.com and click on Donate and just check the box to become a monthly contributing field angel. If you already are a field angel, we thank you for all of your support and ask that in this time you remember this mission in a special way in your prayers, but also if you have been blessed, especially in these days, to give a little extra so that as we move toward winter, toward Christmas, we might be able to reach more and more people. 
and begin the new year very strong. We certainly invite you to join us here December 8th through the 12th for the five days of prayer, and there is more information on Medj.com. And so on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, BVM Pilgrimages, the Caritas Mission House in Medjugorje, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave 24 Hours. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.